0: remember that movie? I think that was Rambo part 47 or something like this time it's personal or something. Well, that was, of course, a a shot of Rambo who was trying to gain peace or contentment in his life by running away, by getting away from the conflict, by moving away from the tough stuff. And as you saw, that missionary was talking to him about how he needed to actually go forward to get the peace that he needs and that he could have in his life. That's what we're going to talk about today. How God can give us the shalom, the peace, when we go forward into the things that we don't always want to do. We want to welcome you today who are listening on podcast. We have people from New Orleans. I think that's how you say that correctly. And uh, we know that you're struggling, and we hope that you are uh, feeling the grace of God and even a part of this worship service here in the central coast of California. Also those in Kentucky, we welcome you here today as well. Uh, it is good to be back from the men's retreat if you notice all of us up here are a little groggy and uh, you know how men's retreats are. Here's a picture. No, that's not a picture of the men's retreat. That's promise keeper. Uh, there we go. That's it. Uh, but you know how men are when we get together. We like to solve stuff. And uh, so I just wanted you to know what we did. We solved the Burmese debt crisis. We came up with a solution for world hunger. We brokered peace in the Middle East. India and Pakistan are now getting along, and we fixed global warming. And we went water skiing, so that was good. So anyway, it was a good, uh, good time. Well, if you are here for the first time, you may not know that about every uh, quarter at this church, we do what we call Heart of the Highlands. And it's a time when we really have prayed before this service, and we really try to lay out where we think God is calling our church to go at this juncture, how many of you were at the very first Heart of the Highlands talk in the movie theater, 2006? I think there were like 20 of you out here. Uh, there are a few people who are still around, and remember we talked at that service about Paul and Pete Passo. One of these days we're going to actually meet Paul and Pete Passo. They're going, go, "Hi, I'm Paul and Pete. We live in Paso? But this was a profile of people that uh, that have two kids, an upside down house, uh, one income, and they're looking for a church that's fun and normal. And we got the fun part down. I don't know about the normal, but. We got that, or we're working on that. And then we have been trying to reach a guy named Gary Golfer. And Gary used to go to church 40 years ago, but then he started to feel judged by the people he loved in his church. And uh, so Gary stopped going about 40 years ago. And so Gary's looking for a church that doesn't judge him on the outside. And so that's why we tried to be a church where no perfect people are allowed. And then thirdly, we've been a church, we try to reach Napaned, And Napa works in the wine industry in some form or another. He works really hard, but he really wants meaning in his life. He wants something bigger than him. And so we've tried to do that. So that was our very first one. And then those of you who were here in January, we talked about uh, personal discipleship and how we encourage everyone in this church to dig in in personal discipleship. So maybe it's Beth Moore or Mondi or it's a men's retreat or it's Wednesday night or or some other thing. We're just asking you to pick the fruit and start to gain, uh, gain the life that God wants you to have. Okay, so here's the Heart of the Highlands message for today. It came to us right after Easter, and that was really wonderful worship service, the orphan uh, Ugandan choir. It was just cold, yes, very cold, but it was also uh, just a powerful day. So the staff needed a little bit of time off after that. It would have been a pretty tough weekend, four services in the cold, and So some of us went down to Hollywood Video to rent a video, and it was a little discouraging to see that Hollywood Video, our video store right next to the church here, is closing. Well, that wasn't going to bug us, right? So we decided we'd just go to Baskin and Robbins. You know, 31 Flavors, it's just over a little further, and that'd be a great way to really relax and retreat and get away from stuff. And Of course, we saw 31 Flavors is closed now. So I knew what I needed to do. I needed as a pastor to just go to a pastor's retreat. You know, we, a bunch of pastors get, sit around and compare their churches to one another. It's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful <laughs> men's retreat kind of thing. So we, I went to Mount Hermon. And uh, this is a wonderful retreat center up there in Monterey. And as all the pastors, both men and women, were there singing, they were singing, Great is thy faithfulness. I will confess to you I did not feel either grateful or faithful. And, um, and so I knew what I needed to do. I needed to get out of the retreat and retreat from the retreat. So I went into the very heart of Mount Hermon, you know, this sort of wonderful, beautiful redwood trees. And I had my Bible and I said, surely here I will feel a sense of peace that I'm looking for. And I will tell you that that was actually the worst moment for me for peace. Nothing like yourself to hang out with. When you're looking for the shalom God wants you to have. So the retreat came to an end and we had communion, the second holy thing that we do. Today we did baptism and we had a, we'll have a communion next week. Don't miss that. And then I started to drive home. And I will tell you that a little bit of shalom started coming my way the closer I got to where I was supposed to be. It was a peace that passed understanding. And that's what happens for people throughout time. When we go forward in things that we don't really want to do, God sometimes, and I would say most of the time, gives us a bit of peace in that thing. I want to talk about a guy who didn't run away to Mount Hermon, but he ran away to Mount Horeb, and his name is Moses. Now, I know you've heard a lot of sermons about Moses. You've heard about, you know, freedom and Israelites, and you've heard about covenants. I mean, I've preached a lot. But today I want to I offer a new take on Moses. I want us to focus on the peace that he got from going forward into doing something he didn't want to do. Let's take a look at this. Now, you know Moses' story. He was really running away. Not, not Mount Hermon. He was really running away. We're, we're going to bring up the lights so you can follow along in your Bibles if you brought them. Let's listen for God's Word. Exodus 3, 1 through 19. So Moses was tending his flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. Moses was also running away from his career. The priest of Midian, he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, if you were trying to get away from everything, you want to go to Horeb. You see here the Sinai Peninsula, Egypt's on the left, Israel's on the right. This is the most remote place. And he's figuring he will definitely get the peace he's looking for right now because he is way away from everybody else. Well, there an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within the bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'm going to go over and see this strange sight. Why this bush does not burn up. By the way, that's another thing we try to do. Most people become Christ followers, we found, through curiosity. And so we try to do things that make people feel like, wow, what's going on over there? So when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look God called from within the bush, Moshe, Moshe. And I love it. Here, Moses in Hebrew, the word I am is Yahweh. That's where we get Jehovah, Yahweh. But he has a stutter, so he says it this way Yahweh. It's better in Hebrew, a stutter, isn't it? Do not come any closer, says God. Take off your sandals, for the place you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And then Moses begins his conversation in this remote place with, uh, with God. And uh, God then says to Moses, I want you to take on a project. Go into Egypt and free a million plus slaves. Go, he says. And then you have a series of stutters after this. He says in verse 11, who am I? Who, 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 who am I? That I should go into Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt, God continues to say, and He asks him, "Well, what, what should I tell him? His name? I love." He says, "Well, what if they ask me what's his name? <laughs> that sounds well. What's his name?" <laughs> he says to He says uh, to Moses, "Tell him, Yahweh, I am is." This is so wonderful that our God has a verb as a name. Uh, there are a lot of cool rock singers who have a verb as a name. Sting is one, right? Pretty good. Blink, that's another good name. But our God is named Am, is. It's a verb. It's an action. So Moses is sent back into Egypt. And we're going to pick this up in verse 17. He gives, God gives Moses this staff, a small s staff. He gives him a walking stick in his hand so he can perform miraculous signs. Verse 18, Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Let me go back to my people in Egypt and see if any of them are still alive. I love this. Jethro says, Go, and I wish you well. That's another way of saying, See ya, and I wouldn't want to be ya. First century lingo. (laughs) So, here's the main text. Here's the main text. So Moses took his wife and his sons, put them on a donkey, And started back to Egypt. And so Moses gathered his family. He put them on a donkey. And he went back to Egypt. And so Moses gathered his family with him. He got on a donkey. And he went back to Egypt. And it says he took the staff of God in his hand. You know, and I wonder, every time a donkey happens in the Bible, it seems like someone's going into something they don't want to do. Mary, when she went down to Bethlehem carrying the Lord, she, she didn't want to go down there and do that. But she got on her donkey and she went forward. Jesus, when he went into the temple that day and overturned all of the money changing tables, he, he didn't want to do that. But he got on his donkey and he went into the temple. God will give us the shalom we want when we go forward into that thing that we don't want to do. I will tell you, since this is Heart of the Highlands Sunday, that this church is a result of my finding peace. Now, this is not a success sermon, right? This is not a, this is not a Robert Schuller sermon, go and succeed inch by inch at the cinch. But I will tell you that somehow in being part of this church, I've had a chance to find shalom in my life for the first time. i tell you a little bit about my life. Ten years ago, I was probably the least successful pastor in at least my entire denomination. And I, I, was, I was the least peaceful person as well. If they had a list of the least, least peaceful people, that would be me. I was a campus minister and it didn't help that I wore a suit and a tie every day to work. Just full confession, didn't work too well. And, and then I went to Texas. And, and somehow someone didn't tell me that Texas is a little different than California. And, and if you're listening from Texas, God love you. We love you. And uh, I love you. I'm working on it. No. No, we do love you. And, but I didn't know how different it was. San Antonio, Texas, we started a church there. And in nine months, was supposed to be a time of birth. It was a time of death after nine months in that church. And uh, I also didn't know that there was a church of John Hagee and Max Lucado on each side of me. That, that's two great big people who are right by this little church we tried to start. So, nine months later, Star and I packed up the U Haul and we drove, hightailed it. We retreated to California. And we retreated to this little farming town, this little ranching town up in Northern California called Red Bluff. And I don't know if we did, but we should have. We put, should have put a white flag on our antenna as we were driving that U Haul full of our stuff because I was in retreat. I was going to do retreat sermons. I was going to do retreat leadership. I was going to do retreat pastoral care. I was going to be a retreat guy. And I was just going to take down the flag when I got up to Red Bluff and take down the Christian flag and put up the flag of retreat. And that's where I was just going to hang out. Then I got a call from the executive presbyter of this presbytery, Ken Working, and he said, you should come and think about starting a church in in, uh, Paso Robles. And I said, first of all, there are 47 churches in Paso Robles. They, they probably don't need another church. But secondly, I don't know if you got the memo, but I am in retreat. I'm not the guy you want. And he said, Graham, none of us wants to do this stuff, but you are either going to die for nothing or you are going to live for something. Actually, that was Rambo. He didn't really say that. I just <laughs> want to throw that sign in my But this is the part I want you to get. As I was coming in across 46, and there was an eagle, I kid you not, an eagle up flying above 46 and the grape vines and the mission music playing. I felt this peace that passed understanding. And every day I've been a part of this church. I've had this peace. And it's partly because God allowed me to go forward into something that that I didn't think I could do, or I didn't think I could be a part of. Now, I don't know what your Egypt is today. I don't know what that big thing is that you don't want to face. But I want to give you two things that will help you go forward and get that shalom that God wants you to have. First is this. All you've got to do to go forward is go by 1%. Just 1%. I heard about these hunters who were up in Alaska they were up there and you know how hunters are. They only had two tags, I think, but they got like five deer and, uh, you know, the pilot came in and, <clears throat> you know, the pilot landed them and they were kind of skinny when they were dropped off and they, you know, they didn't have much gear. But by the time the week was over, they had like five deer and they were, they were a little larger and, and they had all of this stuff. And this pilot said, you are not going to get all of that stuff into these planes. No way. You're not going to get, we are not going we're going to crash this plane. And the guy said, oh, no, no, we'll be all right. We did this last year you did this last year? Yeah, yeah, we did this last year. So they loaded up all the deer, they loaded up all the gear, they loaded up all the guys and they took that little biplane off, the, off of the lake and they started to bounce off that lake, bounce a little higher and finally it got into the air and then it crashed into the mountain on the other side. On the other side, Bill says to Jim, Bill, are you still there? Yeah. Jim, you there? Yeah. Where are we? We're 50 feet further than we were last year. <laughs> joke worked better at the men's retreat but <laughs> so sometimes that's life sometimes life is just that you're 50 feet further than we, you were last year but i want to tell you something 50 feet's enough for shalom 50 feet's enough for shalom all you got to do is go forward one percent you saw Louis this this morning get baptized and you saw rosemary get baptized and i don't know how god worked in your life but a lot of people they have found that all they did was went forward 1% for God and God met them the 99% back. This great scholar named Diogenes Allen uh, came up with this wonderful theory about repentance. And he said repentance happens two ways. It can either happen like 100% all at once like Nicodemus, right? So God says to Nicodemus, you must be born again 100% today. That can happen that way. But Diogenes said the other way it happens is it happens 1% at a time. It's like a clock on a mantelpiece. And every day of our lives, we turn closer to God. 1%. And God can meet us the rest. You've heard of the miracle garden? My wife, Star, and I currently have the demon-possessed garden. And I don't mean real demons. I just mean my garden's really out of control. I used to spend a lot of time in this garden. It was just, you know... I loved going out there and working in all of the garden, but I've let it go and it is in really bad shape. It's, it's just depressing to look at. It's, it's bigger than I can even comprehend. It's, it's taken on a, a literal life of its own. But a week or two ago, I decided to take on one rose bush, just one. And I spent all morning on this rose bush. And at the end of the day, I said, Have you seen that garden? It is out of control. I said, yeah, but have you seen that rose bush? And I got a little bit of peace from that all week long by just looking at that little bit. There's a lot more to do. So, number one, uh, shalom begins 1% at a time. Second thing is this, last thing is this God gives each of us a staff in our lives, small s staff, the way he gave Moses a staff. You know what I love about Moses' staff? He actually didn't know what it could do. God gave him this stick in the middle of the desert. Now go take care of a million slaves. He didn't test drive this stick. He didn't have an instruction manual. It would have been great if he had said, all right, now point it towards that mountain and zap. But he didn't know what it could do. He just had it. It was from God. And so when he, a little later, he came in front of Pharaoh, and Pharaoh was speaking to him, and he felt very afraid He just threw his stick on the ground that God gave him, and it turned into a stick, I mean a snake. And then a little later, when he reached this huge body of water he didn't know if he could cross, and he had a million people behind him, he just held out his stick, and the water separated. And then a little while later, when he didn't know how he was going to give all of these people water to drink, He took that stick and he just hit a rock and water came out of it. Today, God has given you a staff, probably more than one. And you don't even know what it can do. God has given you a staff in your life that all you have to do is take it with you. And when you come to that time, when you're going towards Egypt, when you're doing that thing that you don't think you can do, you remember you have that staff and you just do it. And God will be there with you. That's the word for the day. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, I thank you for this day. And there are people here who have Egypts that are larger than they can comprehend. There are people here today who do not want to go forward. They want to go backwards. They want to retreat. And you can give us peace and retreat but you can also give us peace in going forward. So whatever it is that people have today, we lift up to you and ask that you would give us the peace that passes our understanding. And we know you will do this in Jesus' name. Amen.